I think this might be an interesting and different um, thing for you to think about because I know in Baptist churches we don't often uh, talk about this subject and I'm sure that you probably don't in your church background. But I wondered if you had thought about what special day, what significant day happened this week. Now, I bet some of the kids might remember one of the special days this week. Very good. Ash Wednesday. Now, most people remember this week because it also has Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Day. And often at schools and youth groups and kids clubs, we have a massive celebration of pancakes. (laughs) And we really enjoy that. But that's significant only because of Ash Wednesday. And I think that it's something that we don't think about. But Ash Wednesday, when I hear the words Ash Wednesday, my first thought of is bushfires. I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember, but there was a huge bonfire, a bushfire, (laughs) bonfire, in the hills about 30-odd years ago. And so for me, Ash Wednesday conjures up all these terrible pictures of fire and devastation and lots of ash and lots of destruction and loss of life. And it was a horrifying time and it took me a long time to get over that. So I still, when I hear the word Ash Wednesday, or two words, Ash Wednesday, I go, oh, yes, that terrible time. But, you know, it's really been significant in the church calendar way, way, way back. And you might not think it's interesting to look back. But, you know, sometimes it's good to look back to where we came from, isn't it, in church? Because we can get sidetracked or we can let off, be led off in a direction that sometimes we go, oh, hang on a minute. And if we look back to what started us and look forward to what God's calling us to, then we're better able to walk the path that he wants us to be on without the sidetracks and the detours and the round and round in circles that we can often do as Christians because we get caught up in our own brilliant ideas, don't we? We all have brilliant ideas, hundreds and millions and thousands of them, and I'm as bad as the rest of you, but you know what? It's good to look back and to look forward to what God's calling us to. Then we can stay on track. So, you know, Ash Wednesday and Lent started to be talked about in 325 AD. Whoa, that's a long time ago. Wow, that's, my maths isn't that good, but at least 1,700 years ago. And it was a time that was significant Because Lent was 40 days of preparation, looking towards Easter. And why should we look towards Easter, would you say? Well, without Easter, we are nobody. Easter is the defining moment in history when Jesus, as Son of God, gave himself up for us. And God showed how much he valued that by bringing him back to life again. So 
it's a great time of preparation and looking forward to an event which looked like the worst event in history. Let's face it, the death of God's son looks like a dreadful thing, much worse than the bushfire that I had to go through. But it was a brilliant thing. It was a life-changing event. And sometimes I think that we as the church have now got so comfortable with who we are and so comfortable with what God has done for us that we forget how transformational that was. So 40 days of length and preparation, I think, is a good thing. So, you know, I'm not saying to you that you need to give up chocolate. (laughs) Lots of people give up chocolate for Lent. But, you know, earlier they gave up meat, fish, any animal products. That's why we ended up having pancakes because they had to use up all their eggs before Ash Wednesday. But it's not just a time of fasting and giving things up. For some of the new Christians in the early church, it was a time to be prepared for their baptism because often they had baptism on Easter Sunday. It was like they were joining in the death of Christ and being raised up to new life. What a wonderful time of the year to get baptised because the picture is there, isn't it? When we're baptised, we're baptised into his death and raised into his life. So that was what the early church used to do. They used to baptise people on Easter Sunday. So Lent was a preparation for them, but it was also a preparation for those of us who have been baptised to recall what it means to die with Christ, to give up our own plans, our own desires, and to surrender into God's hands our lives so that we can be transformed into his people who bring glory and honour to him. So, Lent is not such a bad thing, is it? I wonder if any of you have not decided to give up chocolate. (laughs) I think I would find that difficult too. But it is a time that we can choose to reflect and to grow in our faith. And sometimes doing something for Lent just means making a choice to give up those things that are standing between us and God. Now, chocolate might not be standing between you and God. Sometimes it might be. But, you know, television and Facebook and video games, lots of other things, can take up our time so that we don't spend time with God. And Lent was traditionally a time when people set aside time for disciplines such as prayer. Interesting thought that God's people should pray. A time to examine ourselves and to think, where are we missing the path that God has for us? A time to go, am I really walking in the ways that God wants me to? 
or if I got sidetracked because other things have become more important to me. Like how cool I look or how important I am or how successful I am in my job or how loved I am by my family. You know, we can put lots of things above God in our lives. Good things. Not all of those are bad things. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to say, well, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Oh, for Lent, I'm going to be so good at telling the truth. Well, I hope that's pretty normal. And you can say that for Lent, I'm not going to kill anybody. And maybe this might be harder. I'm not going to gossip about anybody. Mm, That might be a bit trickier. But, you know, it's not just about not doing the bad things. It's about intentionally putting God first in our life and having time to examine ourselves, to pray, to read his word and to devote ourselves to doing those good things that we might be avoiding because they take up too much time or we want to do something else, like visiting someone who's sick or phoning someone who's feeling lonely. Just the ordinary stuff that God calls us to do to show his love to those around us. So Lent isn't necessarily a time of fasting or giving up some food, although for some of us it might be a good idea. But it's also a time where we actually deny ourselves some of the things that we would rather do than spend time with God or do some of the stuff that God calls us to. And I know that you had this verse last week, but I think that it's a good one to remember. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. So Lent is really about denying ourselves To look for the things that we have put in our lives that are taking time away from spending time with God or listening to God. And I know that often some people say, oh, well, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to spend any time listening to God. I'm too busy to go and visit that person that's really lonely down the street. I'm too busy doing stuff for God. I do lots of really good stuff for God. But, you know, I don't know that God always wants us to do stuff for him. He wants us to spend time with him. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha, the two ladies who Mary was running around like a chook without a head, getting a meal ready for Jesus and his disciples? Did I say the right one? Martha was spending time running around like a chook without a head. Wrong one. And Mary, what was Mary doing? Sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, that was totally 
um, the wrong thing to do in her culture. In fact, that's a really great encouragement to me as a woman because often women think they have to get caught up doing lots of, you know, practical things, looking after everybody. Mary was commended by Jesus for sitting and listening to what he had to say. And what Jesus actually said was, Mary has a right to be my disciple just as much as the men. So there you go, ladies. Be a Mary. Don't just do stuff. Sometimes it's good to just sit at Jesus' feet. So in this Lent, we really want to think of ways that we can examine ourselves, perhaps even deny ourselves, so that we can spend time with God, listening to him, looking at our life, checking our motives for doing stuff, repenting of the sins that we find. Because I don't know about you, but I don't think there are any perfect people in this church yet. Hands up if you're perfect. No, I won't do that. (laughs) We all make mistakes. And we do tend to say, oh, it's all right, we're forgiven. Yeah, we are. But, you know, sometimes I think we just glibly say that. Oh, it doesn't matter if I've done that 30 times this week. God forgives me every time. And yes, he does. But he challenges us to grow in our relationship with him. He challenges us to be transformed by his spirit inside of us. And if we can glibly say for the 30th time in a week, oh, that's all right, I've done that again, I've blown it again, but it's okay, God forgives me. I don't think you get how much it cost him to pay for that sin. I think that we need to seriously think about our sins, even though it's not comfortable to think about our sins, and to think about the things that have a hook on us that draw us into those sins, and then to seriously deal with those things with God, to spend time examining ourselves, examining our motives, examining our weaknesses and then repenting and saying, God, this is not good. I know you forgive me, but I don't want to keep doing this stuff that displeases you and doesn't bring glory to your name. And you know what? If we give him time, if we spend time with him, his spirit works in our hearts to transform us. Now, it's not always an easy fix, and it's some work and hard work. Sometimes I don't think we as Christians like the hard work stuff. Yes, God's grace is free, but he wants to transform us. He doesn't want to leave us where we are. He wants to change us to be more like Jesus. But, you know... Discipline is a hard thing, isn't it? But it's a good thing. 
Discipline is not something to be feared. It's to be welcomed. Because, you know, we discipline our children so they learn the proper way to behave, to say please and thank you and all of that good stuff. We discipline them about brushing their teeth and eating good food. God also wants to discipline us and say, these are the things that help you to grow in your spiritual walk with me. This is how your faith grows in me. So if you spend time listening to God, he might say, hey, you need to give up that. You need to spend more time with me. You need to turn that thing off. So... C.S. Lewis said this. He said that in every moment, in every decision, everything we do, either we are turning toward God and therefore away from our own purposes, or we are turning towards our self-interest and away from God's loving will. Isn't that an interesting thought? In our lives, in every moment, we are making a decision to please ourselves or to please God. That's a sobering thought because so often we just coast through life. So I think Lent, whether you want to take up the challenge or not, is a good time to just cut out something or to put in something that helps us to develop a habit or a discipline which might have a transformational work to do in our hearts. You know, some people say that it's not just about giving up, it's actually making space for God in our lives. I think that's a lovely way to think about making some sort of sacrifice or whatever a decision about what you're going to do in Lent is about making space for God in your lives. Just lovely. Now, the whole idea of Lent is based on 40 days because Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness. So, you know, if you think it's going to be hard to give up half an hour of television so you can read your Bible or, I don't know, what else you might do, but... You know what? When I went to Israel last year, I went through the desert in a bus, air-conditioned, nice soft seats. It was the most appalling place that I have ever travelled through. It was barren as. There was nothing that looked like it gave life or shelter or comfort or anything. And I did spend a lot of time thinking... How did Jesus spend 40 days here alone with nothing to comfort him? Just, it would have been agonising. So when you think it's going to be hard to give up chocolate, I keep saying chocolate because I think that's a nice safe thing that you could give up. (laughs) I won't mention all the other things you could give up. You know, it's not, it's not going to kill us. It's not, it might make life a little difficult, but hey, Jesus did difficult 
When I went through Israel, Jesus' life was not easy. It was difficult. The whole lot was difficult. And 40 days in the desert would have been almost hell, I think. But then dying on a cross wouldn't have been a picnic either. So Jesus did it really well. And he is our example after all if we're following him. So I just want to read to you. I don't know what time you stopped at. I don't like to bore people. If I see too many people going to sleep, I'll stop. Okay. So this is Jesus' temptation. And it's from Matthew 4. And this is what 40 days of Lent is based on, is the 40 days that Jesus went into the desert. The early Christians wanted to copy him. Then the Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Notice that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, led Jesus into the desert. He didn't do it off his own back. And he was going there to be tempted. Jesus ate nothing for 40 days and nights, and after this he was very hungry. The devil came to Jesus to tempt him, saying, If you are the Son of God, tell these rocks to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written in the Scriptures, A person does not live by eating only bread, but by everything God says. I love that. A person does not live by eating only bread, but by everything God says. Then the devil led led Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and put him on a high place of the temple. The devil said, if you are the son of God, jump down. Because it is written in the scriptures, he has put his angels in charge of you and they will catch you up in their hands so that you will not hit your foot on a rock. Jesus answered him, it also says in the scriptures, do not test Lord your God. And then the devil led Jesus to the top of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendour. The devil said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these things. And Jesus said to the devil, Go away from me, Satan. It is written in the scriptures, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So the devil left Jesus and angels came out and took care of him. Now you may wonder what Jesus' temptations have to do with us. But you know, Jesus was tempted to look after himself by making the stones into bread. And what was his answer? God's word is more important to me. What God says to me is more important than eating. So if you're going to fast in Lent, think about this. God's word is much more important than the chocolate you might be giving up. Don't give up chocolate because I tell you to, (laughs) because I'm not. But, you know, Jesus was tempted also then to make a great show of himself and be successful by what? Testing God, throwing himself down so the angels will lift him up. You know, sometimes in our life we expect 
that we can do things and ask God to bless it and keep us safe in it just so that we can look successful or look like we're doing God's work. We should only do the things that God leads us to. We should not expect to do stuff and then ask God to bless it. You know, sometimes we do that, don't we? We make our own plans, we do our own things, and we say, we're doing this for you, God, you better bless it. No, that's testing God. We have to follow in his ways, take the steps he wants us to. Don't expect him to bless the stuff that you think is going to make you look terrific and good and doing stuff for God. That's not how he works. Jesus never was a success. He never looked like he had a great church. He had a motley group of followers. But he was faithful to do what God called him to. And he died. The most awesome, awful, horrible death. Who would have chosen that? But God transformed it to bring salvation to the whole universe. It's not just about us, you know. God is redeeming the whole of creation in Jesus' death and resurrection. So don't just do what you think God wants you to do. Spend time doing what he wants you to do. And he will bless it. Maybe sometimes in ways that you can't imagine. And maybe it won't look like you think it should. Who would have thought the Son of God should die? But if we are faithful, if we listen to him, if we walk in his ways, and knowing what his ways are means that we need to spend time with him and read his word, we cannot just imagine God's ways because his ways are way beyond us. So we need to keep close. We need to keep dedicated and walk in his ways even if it's tough. And we can't make deals with God about things. You know, God, if I'm going to do this, then you really better do that. Jesus never did that. He simply obeyed and followed. So, you know, this Lent, maybe there'll be things that you give up. Maybe there'll be times that you spend, you make promises to do some stuff, like visiting or going to school and whatever. Whatever God challenges you to, I can't tell you what God wants you to do. Only God can do that. And you can only find that out by asking God. Don't ask somebody else. They'll have plenty of ideas, I tell you. I could tell you all an idea, but God won't be telling you what I'm telling you. Spend time with him. Listen to his voice speaking to you because you have a unique set of gifts a unique set of people that you relate to, he will point you in the way that he wants you to walk. I can't. And if it's hard, don't give up on it. That's when you need to be disciplined and keep walking. When it's hard, you keep doing it with God's help. You can't do it on your own. You do it in his strength. And, you know, Lent is often seen as a time of sacrifice and we talked about denying ourselves 
Now, sacrifice has a horrible connotation to it, doesn't it? We think of animals and things. But often we talk about sacrifice that somebody does on our behalf. We talk about Jesus' sacrifice. A sacrifice has often been used to, if you like, pay back God for things that we've done wrong. Don't ever do stuff as a, as a spiritual discipline to pay God back, you know. Whatever you do isn't going to pay God back for anything that you've done. God doesn't expect our sacrifices to pay him back. He already did that at the cross. What a sacrifice is, is somebody coming to God and saying, you are my God, I am your child. I want to get close to you. I want to show you that I'm giving my life to you, to live for you, to worship and honour you in all I do. So don't ever do a sacrifice to get something back from God or to pay him back. It doesn't work like that. It simply is something that you do for God to show him how much you love him, how much you want to give your life into his care. And that's, that's a really powerful thing. And I just want to read you this quote from somebody. Anything that you do, any promise you make, any self-denial, this is a gift we give to God. We clear away any of our lesser concerns, at least for a little while, as if we are making our house ready for a guest. We make room in our lives for more of God and find that there is space in us to love God more. So my prayer for you this Lent, as you come towards Easter, is that you will find space in your lives to love God more because he deserves all of our love. Amen.